Can you hear me now? Yeah. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? <laughs> you haven't seen Phoenix Nights, have you? No. 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 How it can he not, not have seen Phoenix Nights? I saw the first episode and I was like, okay, dinosaurs, just have your own thing. This is a bit... Yeah, it's, it's a 90s thing, isn't it? 90s? It looks older. You're apparently Psycon now. Psycon? I'm Psycon. What the... Oh, no, Where the I, hell... You can't play. No, I've got a, a Galaxy. Because I know the the iPhone always puts Psycon. Even if I put Simon, it always puts Psycon as my name. What the fuck is Psycon? I don't know. I'm a cyborg from the planet Zorg, I think. Are we about ready to begin? I think so. Nick's going to miss the news roundup, isn't he? That's fine. It's really bizarre having a face staring at us <laughs> like that out of the screen. So, I'll, I'll just stay like that. Just... Hello internet, I am Firebolt And I'm the Orbiter And today we are joined by a special guest Or two, depending on whether or not somebody else's son gets to bed Right But uh, go, go. Simon Hello Introduce yourself Oh, have you got a tag? Or do you just want to be Simon? No, I'll just be Simon Simon Cool. Um, so, just get straight up into the... From the After Dark Podcast Network, has his own podcast. Would you like to promote just now, and we'll give you another opportunity at the end? Shameless Yeah, plug. it's uh, the Simon Says Podcast. Well, network. It's a journey about... It's a journal of my life during the week. So, cool. I, we have guested on it. Yes. We have, yeah. Have. Yeah, I forgot about that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, just get straight into this, I guess. So, news that's happened since the last time. Any mm. uh, any news that's particularly on your mind, Simon? Apart from Boris Johnson being a cunt. Is he Prime Minister now? I don't know. When's What's happening with that? I don't know. I just saw Theresa May doing an interview the other day as Prime Minister still, and I thought she'd gone, but... They were, they're talking about... Somebody's talking about taking him... Taking him Taking somebody to court to stop him proroguing Parliament, is it? To get through Brexit with no deal? Yeah, because that is essentially illegal. It, yeah. Well, at the moment, they would have to change the law and we would have to basically become a non-democracy for it to... Yeah, it's it's funny that. Um, what, what are you? I, I don't you know a, what your feelings on are Brexit are. Are you a Ramona or a... I just, I'm just letting everything pan out the way it pans out. Yeah. There's nothing we can do. It's Not all in the politicians' hands. So. Invested then. I am worried though because there are some, especially with us being in Scotland, they said that we'd be affected more by a no deal yeah. Brexit. So I am worried about some of the effects, especially with medicines. Yeah, like, yeah, like you say though, there's not a lot we can do about it. I mean, we may we may actually get a get out clause if they decide to push through the No Deal, and um, then obviously Nicola Sturgeon would go for a, an independent Scottish independence referendum. Um, but under that, under those circumstances, would Boris Twatface say no anyway? Because he'd probably oh, be... yeah. The Tory party, I think, said recently. That they have a multi-million-pound war chest to try and stop Scottish independence, which it just sounds like to try and break everything up even more, really, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. I mean, I'm I'm not a hundred percent behind independence, but I'm just sort of at this point. 
I more aligned with the politics of Europe than I am with the rest of the UK. So I'm more happy as being part of Europe than the UK. What else is happening? There's some tennis going on, isn't there, at the moment? There was, yeah. I think it's finished now. Longest game ever, I believe. <laughs> somebody so somebody said to me a couple of nights ago, oh, Federer's doing this, that and the other. I said, oh, is there some tennis on? Shows how much I follow the news, but... I did, see a good, I did see a good meme. Someone's been watching tennis and they've gone and they want to go and watch a Quentin Tarantino film now. Oh, what's that new one that's coming out? Um, oh, something. I saw the trailer for it. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah, that's the one. I saw, somebody somebody burning a load of Nazis with a flamethrower in the trailer. That sounds very Tarantino. Yeah. <laughs> um, saw that The Dead Don't Die the other day. Yeah, and also she's went watching that's, that. That's uh, that's a weird film. It's it's. Do you like do, it, you, do you like Wes Anderson stuff? Do you know? I don't, um, I don't really know. Um, but it's, it's one of those films. Stuff. It's got Bill Murray in it, and I like yeah. Bill Murray. Yeah, but it's also got Adam Driver in it, and but it, the trailers look good. Yeah, tell you, you 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 came out mixed. I, I I think I think I would like to see it again now that I know what to expect, but most of the yeah. time going through it the first time I was like, what the fuck? I, I'm not sure if this is supposed to be genius or it's just really bad. But but I think it it, it yeah, it, I think it's supposed to be the way it is. It's just right. I think on a second viewing I'd be more kind of yeah, I know what this is now. You know. <laughs> so I think I think it is a good film. It's worth seeing. But anyway, what else is in the news? Um uh... The UK ambassador to the US oh, yeah. got fired because mm. I think he basically said Trump was inept in private. Mm. Yeah, so someone's leaked the memos or something, so it's caused a massive backlash. But we still a good ambassador, I think. It's just Trump doesn't like people that actually say anything truthful whatsoever, so... It it feels like the world's just more and more just getting used to oh just do what this screaming toddler says because otherwise he's gonna maybe declare war on someone we don't know who well, but that, maybe that that could segue us nicely into the subject of today's podcast although I did see some people circulating I think saying that they want Nigel Farage to do it instead and just like to do what the ambassador to the US job oh Jesus oh, no. Christ no <laughs> I'll do it I'll do it <laughs> you'll sacrifice yourself <laughs> no that would be no all kinds of wrong I think yeah because I know that they're very friendly I think their campaigns are pretty connected the only thing I can see Nigel Farage being any good at is serving behind a bar. No, he wouldn't even. No, I, think, I think he'd be on the other side of the bar drinking the stuff, not actually serving. Yeah, I don't true. think he can even do that. It just reminds me of that story when David Cameron left his kids in a pub. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> yeah. Yes, about three, three, three and a half hours or something. And only realised when he got halfway home <laughs> that he left his kids at the pub. <laughs> Chaos of Ed Miliband. <laughs> anyway, um, before we get to... What is that you're drinking, by the way? It looks it's, very, it's very... I took it out of the can. It's a blue moon. Uh, Belgian what? It's a Belgian white wheat beer. All oh, right, okay. So I've heard you speaking about that before. 
I thought blue for some reason I thought blue moon was some kind of um, wine thing. No, it's uh, it's a Belgian blue wheat oh, beer. Why? So, well, it's, it's not blue, but Belgian white wheat beer. I notice you have lots of stormtrooper heads behind you. Yeah, it's me Star Wars helmet collection. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and, uh, um, yeah, I, no, I, I'm not, I'm not really laughing fun. about you having a Star Wars collection. I'm laughing about it being a helmet collection. But <laughs> yeah. well, that's a go somewhere. No, I, it was. What, I, I like collecting little things, and that's one of them. I've got a Marvel comic collection in front of me as well, and I've got sure. oh, all sorts everywhere. Just uh, building a Terminator, a T eight, a T eight hundred at the moment as well. Which one's that? The Terminator, the original Terminator. All oh, right. One. Yeah. So, uh, what was the liquid metal one in T two? Is he a T one thousand? One thousand. Yeah. Yeah. You haven't seen that, have you? No. Have you seen any of the Terminator films? Uh, I think I've seen parts of two. Mm-hmm. How many are there now? There must be about five, is there? Yes, there is. It's five. Don't f- after two, forget about it. Don't watch any of them. Yeah, first two are kind of. But they're re-releasing, they're doing a new one, and it's based straight after Terminator 2. Oh, right, okay. James Cameron's doing this one. So, hmm. it's going back. It's kind of forget about what's happened in 3, 4, and 5, and going straight to Terminator 3. I can't remember what did happen in... I think I've only seen one of them. Salvation, was it? Uh, well, Salvation was John Connor a little bit older. Yeah. It's like a, 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 a 20-year-old. Yeah. T3 was... Rise of the Machine. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was this new one where John Connor ended up being a Terminator and came back in time and, uh, yeah. Just, uh, just leave it at that. <laughs> anyway, what, what, anyway. We, what are we talking about today? We are talking about children. Okay. In what sense? Um, well, I guess it could be aspects of... I don't know. I feel like, just to start us off... Uh, would you classify me as a child? Well, this is the bit where we define what we're talking about, and I think we should split it up, perhaps, because there's lots of different definitions of child, isn't there? There's under-16s. There's, I mean, like, I'm my mum's child. You yeah, know, you but like, I mean in terms of, like, so what society would view as a child. So, we're, so right, so we're, we're defining this episode, talking about, basically, minors, then. Well, yeah, but... You know, in terms of alcohol, although I am drinking right now, um, I would be considered a minor. But in terms of marriage and sex, I'm not considered a minor. Although in England, you would have to, for marriage, you would have to have parental consent. But do you still have to have that? I think so. Is that still the same in England? I'm not too sure. I know they used to. Sure. I knew they used to elope to Gretna Green, didn't they, to get married? Uh, I think they still do. Yeah, I think they still do actually now. Because it's just over the Scottish border. Yeah. Um. Um. Uh, I I would say personally, I mean, it's, it's sort of this weird state of flux where, for some purposes, I am considered a child, and for some purposes, I'm not. Both in terms of what I'm allowed to do, but also just how generally people treat me. I'm a child. Yeah. Well, yeah, but <laughs> that, that's a different matter. Yeah, I can see I can see where you're coming from, because to- listening to you, like most of the time I've always listened to you, you don't come off, come as across as a child. 
the way you speak, the way your yeah. mannerisms are, the way you talk. But in the eyes of I, the, the the law, as they say, if you're 16, you're still technically classed as a child. It's all. So it it's all what people yeah. make their mind up really. It's all that fucked up around about that age. Because we're listening to you before actually physically seeing you. I would have never have thought you were 16. The way you the way you come across the podcast, I would say you're at least 20. <laughs> Is that a good thing? <laughs> <laughs> you sound like an old fart. No, not your voice, but the actual way the way you present yeah. yourself well, to vocally, should I say. I'm not sure. I think I am a bit unusual for my age. <laughs> Sorry. <but laughs> what? A bit unusual. Yeah, but... Um, like I think we all have because we're sat here on a Sunday night. <laughs> talk, that's talk to true. Yeah, I, I think I've. Like, I don't take... think people actually realise we've never actually met before, have we? That's no. I don't. We put that across. We've never actually. We we have actually well, technically met online. There's only and... one other person that's been on any of the podcasts I've been on, um, who I have met other than Theo. Well, I have to say that obviously my wife, my wife, star stuff, and. <laughs> I'll be waiting for that. <laughs> oh no, I'm just I'm overusing that to fuck. Um Yeah, it's Pate. I don't know if you remember from what did we do with him? Uh, the, the Dutch guy. Episode 30, yeah, medicine was it medicine? Oh, I he can't did? remember. Science. He did Science. Um, science. Yeah. science, that's the one. He did podcasts immigration and science. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because I mean I put an invite out to the network for for people to Joining in, and I think you're probably the only one that hasn't got children, are you? Or, or apart from the younger crowd, like Luke yeah, and Amanda, and no, that lot. I've no children. No. So, well, that's, I, I thought the reason that you were on was because you did. Like that was the only thing that I was banking on knowing anything. He about. doesn't. He doesn't have children. No, but, but they fascinate I'm, him. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm a, big, I'm a big. As you can probably see behind me, I'm a big child myself. So. That's true. Just be careful with what you say. <laughs> Should always be careful what you say. All of this incriminating stuff will be online. Long. I wonder what happens when you die to your podcasts. Like, I don't know. If somebody doesn't actually actively take them down, do they just stay there forever? I know <laughs> Apple has some really weird things in their contracts, like in their terms and conditions. Like, they have provisions for the event of a zombie apocalypse with what happens to iTunes and stuff like that. Okay. At least someone's thinking about it. Yeah. Really, I'm not sure how much of that was for a joke, and or how much of just Apple employees genuinely believe this is something that will happen. So, I mean, like putting aside the sort of legal aspects of what what's defined as a child, because obviously that varies. um, For me, I think I would tend to think of a child in that sense as being up to kind of teenage years, I suppose, when you're sort of starting hitting puberty, because then that would be kind of... Yeah. For me, that would be more of a youth or a teenager. Right. Like, I mean, teenagers don't like being called children, do they? No. So. Uh, I think probably actually a good way of defining it is um, actually how consent is defined. In, I'm not sure if it's the same in English law, but I know it's this in Scottish law because they teach us this in um, PSE. Uh <laughs> is if you're under 13 and have any sexual relations whatsoever, that's completely illegal. 
but if you're between the ages of 13... But does that include if the, if the other party parties are under 13 as well? I don't know. I think it's <laughs> generally done by whoever is seeking consent in that situation. And if there's nobody over 13 involved, then there's nobody that can be held culpable either. So. Well, it, it, it might be whoever is meant to be those people's guardians that would be held culpable. Hmm. Or whoever was seeking consent in that situation. What's the whole thing about the Convention on the Rights of the Child? There's a thing in in European law, isn't there, on the Convention of the? I think it that's the UN, but UN is it? But basically, a lot of people have very warped attitudes as to what the human rights of children will be to the extent in. Quite a few countries, children have less rights than animals. Now, I don't know what stage the law is at in England now with corporal punishment. I, I don't think it's allowed in schools, but I think it's still legal to have like smacking. But I no, don't. Th- it's. I think it's gone to. I think it is illegal. Oh, even per, even parents can't do it now. Yeah, I thought if that was the case in Scotland. In public, you can actually be done for assault. Mm. I believe. So, which. I actually totally agree with, um, but it is something that has changed um, quite quickly. Yeah, um, in well, terms I'd... of and, and and rightly so, in my opinion. But it's not that long ago that it was. Um, I definitely noticed it. Perfectly the... acceptable to kind of. I I don't know how much I mentioned this on podcast, but I am myself autistic. Just mildly, but um, it caused problems with anger management when I was younger. It still causes social difficulty, but I've mostly got that under control and just spin it as me being confident in my weirdness. <laughs> Eccentric. That's the word I was looking. I was, I was thinking as well. But yeah, no, that's that's if you if you're happy with it. But I know when I was. Um, You probably got this more as the parent, uh, but I did pick up on it. Different people would have very different attitudes to how a misbehaving child should be treated because I was acting up a lot. And you knew that being really aggressive with me because you tried it wouldn't work. Yeah, I mean, when you say I tried it, um, you know, I mean the the standard kind of shouting parent thing. Uh, you've you've got once you get to that point of sort of heightened, um, you know, trying to kind of uh, impose authority. You've got nowhere to go if it's not working, and I think it takes the realization. Cause in most in most cases, it it kind of does work to a certain extent. Um, you know, if you start shouting at a child... I don't think it's very healthy, to be honest. No, no. But I suppose in that sense, it's... Um, it's... I, know, I know a lot of people have pretty strained relationships with their parents because of this sort of... But I think Parents it... always have to be right sort of attitude. I think it very much depends on the situation, though. I mean, if your child's about to run out in front of a car... Um... Yeah. But the, it all it also depends on what social area you're in, because I was brought up just outside of a council estate. Yeah, and the the attitude there was it was usually always single parents. Right. 
And yeah. you, had, you did you find that the per the single parent was more aggressive towards the child, right? To get the child to come in or do do something because you just had no control. Yeah, because there was only one parent. High stress. Yeah. So whether the whether it's whether it's I mean, two parents makes a difference. Could do. I don't know, but well, uh, that, uh, I saw that more over in the where I was, but it being a yeah. more run down area. Mm. He did find that the, the, they did shout a lot and scream at the kids a lot more and did smack them off the street just it's, to give them a bit of. It's like a vicious circle, though, isn't it? Because it's like with that with that kind of level of of um, sort of shouting and stuff going on all the time, it's almost like it loses its kind of. I mean, most of the time, I I tend to. I think do I stay calm most of the time? You, you do. And I get even, stressed sometimes. Even when you different. get stressed out, I mean, I, I notice it's always. You just sort of switch into this mode where you go, I beg your pardon, and then just <laughs> like act all authoritative. Yeah. And you're just being a complete knobhead usually, but <laughs> you you say that. You but... sometimes have a point, but you're still being a knobhead about it. Yeah. <laughs> but but so so what? <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> uh n- nothing. <laughs> Yeah, but I usually I, I usually feel like it's justified in those cases. Like if I've just done my third load of washing up for the day and you haven't done any since yesterday, and you think that 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 oh well I did it yesterday is like okay then that is in a different context because it was that We're someone else family row now. No, it was just <laughs> someone else. I'll leave you to it. Was meant to do it. Like I'd I'd done I'd dried up what was already there. <laughs> we, we should move on because this is going to turn into a discussion of who. What do you mean meant to do the washing up? We're all meant to do it, but yeah, go on. Like they were told to do it and they didn't. <laughs> yeah, I think that's one of the frustrating things, though, as a as a parent is. I mean, you'll know even though you haven't got kids, you'll know that that you you kind of you share responsibility for the house presumably and and like yes. if you can see that something needs to be done you'll yeah, get on I, usually, it I, I usually get shouted at cuz i usually don't bother doing it <laughs> but you know what i mean it's like that it kind of it does get a bit um tiring to have to kind of tell do people this. to do it all the time do you know what i mean yeah. it's like it's like doing the doing the same thing over and over again yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes I just find it easier to just get on and do it myself. It's just kind of, but I'm still, gonna, I'm going to be stressed about it then, though. Fair enough. <laughs> you don't have to be an asshole about it. Yeah, I do. It's got to quiet now. Right. Okay. Um. I'm just checking if Nick's been on Messenger, but no. Yeah. He's trying to get his son to bed. The irony. Yeah. Right. I I did notice. Um. Like. It, in relation to me, and a, a lot of people seem to have this attitude even now. I think yeah, I think it has gotten better. I'm, I'm not sure particularly the influences there. And I, I know um, since then, smacking has become illegal in Scotland. Um, I think it was illegal here before it was illegal. Here. Yeah, but I, I know that that was, um, I think, after... Sort of maybe around about the time that I had a lot of anger management issues. There's a weird thing in Scottish law as well, um, which I don't think we're um, on top of. Which, if both parents die and um, there's no will in place, the kids, even if there are other relatives alive, like um, your grandparents or whatever, 
the kids become wards of the state rather than automatically being, um, you know, having guardians of, of the sort of next of kin, if you like. So if me and mum both died, because we don't have a will at the moment. I don't know, it might be... Then... In some families, it might be safer to do it that way. Yeah, well, I think that's probably the idea. I don't know how, how um, you know, whether or not you just automatically then go into the kind of adoption system. Mind you, you're 16 now anyway, so it probably wouldn't yeah. be a different situation, but... But that is that is worrying though that there's you know that there are so many people that maybe don't even know that that you know they assume that if 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 they kick the bucket that their kids are going to go to the in laws or you know whoever but no the government step in and go right that's how they're ours now <laughs> but I did notice that a lot of people had this attitude of uh, oh just be more strict with them as if they didn't really think much yeah it's not we had we had a i suppose we were at the back end of the um sort of diagnosis you'd been diagnosed when we first went to florida hadn't you um, yeah and at that point we had some cards printed out that had that you could have on you to to hand to members of the public if um you know if there was if you had what what's known as a meltdown um, because people think that that because your child's doing that kind of behaving that way and you're not kind of disciplining them, they think that you're being a bad parent if you like, because you're not sort of trying, you know, you know, you're not keeping your child in check if you like, in order. But um, as and we could do with addressing this if Nick did get on actually, um, because it feels like that's a generational thing because I've personally felt the same in my yeah, 20s right that's what i felt when i saw a child playing up in a supermarket yeah and the parents just standing there mm. i think well you're a bad parent what are you doing yeah I, I, that was never told told to us when we were growing up we just saw oh. that's yeah oh, that's a generation i think of the 80s and 90s where i grew up it was if how, he was if, he, if he, I was, i'm 36 right so you you'll be the same age as nick then roughly yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, a few months. Yeah. Few months older. Um, so it's. But I don't it's know the whether same the victim of... is the same. It might be. The, it might be about different areas as well. It could yeah, be. Yeah. What other society got across to you? Because I never. When I, if I saw a child just screaming in the middle of a supermarket, when I used to work in a supermarket, I used to see it all the time as well. Yeah. You'd assume you, you'd it, just see the per- it's just you'd bad just behavior. Assume the per- yeah. Yeah. You never. You, you, but now it's more to light about the autism and children's. Behaviours being affected by different forms of autism, which is now more mm. educated and more put out there that people understand. What do you think about? I mean, like obviously, I mean, mental health issues like that across the board, I think, are better are better addressed now. But um, there's also different pressures now in society, especially for I don't know whether it's worse for kids or for. I'm thinking specifically about things like phone addiction. Um, and this struck me actually. I was sat in the green room uh, at the Sound of Music that I was doing this week, and I thought, and, and there was like maybe eight or ten of us all in the room, and most of us were adults, sort of middle aged, and it's just completely silent, and everybody's just looking at their phones, and yeah. you're like, that. I no mean, conversation. that that is that is. I mean, in a similar kind of thing, maybe say twenty, thirty years ago, everybody would have been sat smoking. 
Right. And I wonder if it's the same kind of thing. It's just that kind of. I mean, it, it's it's an it's an addiction. It's not as bad for your health, at least. No, but there are different. Um, I mean, I certain. I I'm, I'm wondering whether or not children who grow up in the world that has that technology. Um, do you think they would be better adjusted to use it responsibly then? Um, better, but like that's compared to people that aren't adjusted at all to it, basically. Mm. I'm not necessarily Which talking not- about your sort of age, but um, I, I, d- I definitely notice it when older people are complaining about young people always being on their phone and you actually see them on their phone more often. <laughs> I, th- yeah. I think it's internet literacy as well. Yeah. I think they're the, they're the sort of... Younger people are able to actually use it to find new friends as well. Social media is a... I mean, I say that... I'm not sure if you'd quite say friend, but like we met online, so... Yeah. Yeah, well, we met yeah. through mutual interest, wouldn't it? Really? That yeah, was, I guess. That's where it helped. It seems to think of you, you chat all the... Biting well, nails. Met... Fuck off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, met... Your finger started bleeding earlier because you were biting your nails. So. That was last oh, night. I, I, I do exactly the same. They have a go at me now because like, last year one of my fingers got infected and it blew up like a balloon and there was all green pus coming out of it. Yeah. And... Well, you're a piano player, so you should know better. <laughs> <laughs> um, where was I? I feel like I'm the parent in this relationship. Suits me. Um, Vice versa. Um, oh, I've lost my thread now. I was going to say something and you've completely derailed me. Um. <laughs> if, you, if you haven't got any other threads to throw out there quickly because I know there is a bit of controversy about this and to be honest I'm amazed as to why um, kids learning about uh, LGBT relationships in school yeah because there's still protests going on outside Ooh. some schools in Birmingham I think yeah, well, when I grew up with that kind of thing, it was it was there was no education about it at all. I don't know if it's the same for for you, but there was nothing about that. Well, kind to of be thing. honest, there was nothing at all about relationships. It was all the biological side. There was nothing no, we, about. We, yeah, we got a little bit of the relationship side. Yeah, I think I noticed. What's the physical side? I think I noticed when we got onto like the sort of when I was in the six kind of you know later teens uh, towards the end of school, um, it was it was coming in more into the kind of um, sort of personal and social development kind of classes, if you like. But yeah, uh, um, yeah, I think I think there's a lot more of that now. And uh, to be honest, if it, if if you're going to do all of that now, you've got to include every aspect of it. Because it's not just a question of, I mean, I think parents, parents that are against it, are maybe thinking, well, you know, you're educating my child into things that they they might not otherwise think about being. Um, that's their worry. I'm not saying that that's justified, but it's as much a, an issue of, for me, that if there's going to be um, people of different orientations around them, then they should be aware yeah. of that as being an option and, and you know, so they're not treating them as 
as if there's something wrong meant to try and prepare you for living in the real world with other people and it would make sense to educate people about all types of people because really just trying to learn that from tv and other media you would get a very warped idea of what gay people are like i mean it does seem to me now it does seem to me that there are a lot more um gay lesbian and bisexual and and transsexual all the different lgbt things there are, there seem to be a lot more of them but i don't know whether or not that's because there are or just because they used to stay hidden well they used, used to even admit they, it to themselves yeah but it used to be still it used to be illegal to 1987 was it yeah yeah that's true which is still pretty recent if you think about yeah, it. Yeah. Not that long ago. Um, 1967. No, no. No, I'm, I'm sure it's, it's the 80s. It was a que- it was salary, but it was a question we've, on the chase and it came up. We've had, we've had this discussion before in... Um, it's just going to get Google open. In, in one of our... I think it might have been our gender episode, actually. I'm not sure. Um, but Could yeah, I believe it. it was quite late. When was homosexuality decriminalised? Yeah, definitely... Um, it was definitely a lot more recent than feels comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I think it. Yeah, it's nineteen sixty-seven in Scotland. It was nineteen eighty, and later became amended in the Sexual Offences Act of two thousand three. Yeah, I think where I'm hearing it from. Yeah, it was the, it was the, the act bit that you were saying about it. It was still not changed in law or something, right? But yeah, I, th- I think it was to do but... with. Oh, it, I think it's um, Section 28 or something along those lines, because uh, even when it was decriminalised, you had to be 21. Yeah, I mean, right. at the time, at the time, I remember thinking that was a bit off. It's like, well, you can't, you know, you're either saying that there's equal rights here or you're not. You can't just say, well, it's all right as long as they're over 21. It's like that's just as um, double standard as not allowing it at all, you know. But I notice it does say it decriminalised homosexual acts in private between two men, both of whom have had to attain the age of 21. So does that presume that before that time, that between two women it wasn't? It was actually women. legal between two women before that. And I think that's mainly because these laws were written by men who would probably either not think about lesbians or actually be turned on by them. So they would want it to be legal. It's a weird world now, though, isn't it? I mean, like, the whole... Yeah. <sighs> Has that thing happened with the um, porn block thing yet? That, that's been put No, back, it's been it? put back. It's probably never going to happen because it's unimplementable. Yeah. But speaking of that, the idea behind that was actually to try and stop kids from viewing porn. Any views on that yourself? I, was, I used to go and get the magazines from the shop when I was 12, but... Did they, did, did they sell them to you? No. Well, I, I did look quite old for my age. Right. Yeah. I used to uh, smoke at the same time as well. So right. I used to be able to buy cigarettes. That used to be a lot easier to do. I mean, like, yeah. I remember um, at the age of 14, 15, being able to go in and buy a bottle of vodka from a, an off-license. Yeah. The, like... kind of cer- the certain shop that used to sell you. That's why I used to, yeah. used to try each different shop, and there was always one that sold. Yeah. So that's what we used to do. But, I mean, that was back when, I mean, when I was, I remember late teens, there was a pub in Rushton where I used to live that was actually nicknamed the Youth Club because there wasn't anyone in there over 18, you know, it's like, uh, 
Well, I, I used to drink in the pubs at 16. Yeah. I played darts at the time. And it was a landlord who said to me, he knew how old I was, and he, he was willing to serve me. Because yeah. he thought but, it was reasonable. Well, they didn't used to they didn't used to enforce it that, that much, did they? No. no. Um, it's gone like 20 years ago now, hasn't it? Yeah. And then you, you could probably reasonably argue that it's probably better now that they do some enforcement just for because sort of figuring that out on your own is probably but not then, that great but then it's weird now yeah. though that I mean you you reach the age of 18 here and you can suddenly you can go to the pub and stuff uh, but then you go over to America and you've got another three years before you can have a drink over there you know they, I don't know whether they, they seem to have more of a problem over there than we do over here. I think. Yeah. I think that's to do with prohibition. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it, no, I'm talking, about, I'm talking about the youth side drinking to excess. We, oh, yes, right. we do have people over here binge drinking. Yeah. When they're when they're 18, but Americans at 18 when they when they can try and get a drink, mm. they'll do it and they'll do it a lot more worse than what I've seen. But it's always it's that forbidden fruit thing, isn't it? It's always more attractive mm. when you. Because prime example is Halloween Horror Night. Yeah, I never see any. I never. We see eighteen-year-olds Brits. They're yeah. fine. Yeah, we see eighteen-year-old yeah. Americans, and they're throwing up everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So even though they enforce the twenty-one age a lot more strict over there, they still find yeah, well, the way. Yeah, they were pulling them, pulling them out of the lines and stuff, weren't they? Mm, yeah. Oh no, I I do know there've been um, problems with Brits going over to like a beefer. And completely binge drinking. Yeah, that was that's a two thousand thing. That nineties mm. two thousand, the club eighteen to thirties uh, reputation. I think they still do it in various places where just Brits will go over there for a cheap holiday, binge drink, and all the locals are just like, "Well, just calm down." Just that took over normally. from Benidorm, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I never actually did that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my first holiday was to bed all with my dad. So yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, my first proper holiday was with uh, Julie. Right. I was when I was eighteen. I've been with Julie since I was an eighteen-year-old. So right. We've had like me and couple, we had couples holidays rather than young binge yeah. Yeah. absolutely smashed holidays. Yeah. But I, they, I, we used to go. They used to be areas like my dad used to live in Corfu and Cabos was yeah. a normal area. Yeah. If you if you weren't that kind of person because it was just uh, people getting up at two o'clock in the afternoon. I do remember five o'clock in the morning. Going to Magaluf. Um and we got we got one of these sort of night flights and the coach would take us to the hotel and we'd be arriving like two, three in the morning to book into the hotel. And mm. the first thing we saw when we drove down the main strip on the way to the hotel was people just lying in the gutter. <laughs> basically. Yeah. It was just like Stop but it. I think that's that, that's also down to what the, what they've been brought up like because I was never brought up that way. Since me being what's the a, um, a child, see, I lot, was brought up to well, be responsible we, for what. Well, I'm doing. that's it. This is this is why I um you know I've never really stopped the kids from drinking. Um, even when you were like yeah. younger than ten, you had like a little sort of shot glass with some beer in. Didn't yeah, you? Um, but but I just think that kind of. The forbidden kind of fruit thing is is the worst kind of sort of now I can handle it fairly sociably. I mean, it's a similar thing when you look at the licensing hours. What exactly. are they? What are they down now in England? Are they? Uh, it it varies from pub to pub. 
because one be... of the locals I go into have got a three o'clock license, one's got a four really? o'clock license. Yeah, because you can get a twenty, you can get up to a twenty-four hour license now in a right. lot of the UK places. That's that's much better then, because uh, back when I lived down there, it was eleven o'clock across the board. It, they used yeah. to get an extension to like one o'clock on New Year's Eve, but yeah, you know, and, well, but, the, my local where I used to drink before it got closed down, it used to be eleven o'clock, half past eleven, last orders. Yeah. And Which by is, 11, you had to be out. It's ridiculous, isn't it, when you think about it? And you'd always get fights breaking out just after 11 because all the pubs would chuck out at the same time and everybody yeah, everybody had exactly. been chucking them back for the last hour trying to get them all in. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but when it was a Friday or Saturday, you used to get the lock-ins. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think there's more of a sort of nightclub culture now. Yeah, well, so, here, here you kind of... the. The general closing time is about one o'clock. Then you move on to those clubs until like two or three in Aberdeen, and then after that you move on to the casinos for breakfast. So yeah. talking from experience, yeah, yeah. <laughs> not very often, <laughs> but maybe once a year I manage that. But I always regret it afterwards. <laughs> yeah, but I think it's like it's like you said. It's a, I think it's an educational thing because I was brought up the same. As with Theo, my mum used to give me a glass of wine at Christmas. Yeah. I bought the beer on my birthday. And it all being up from like 11 year old. And it just slowly made it not that like I want to go out and go and do it. Yeah. Because just... my mum allowed me to do it. So I didn't have to go out and yeah. chase it, as they say. Um, but relating back to the protests in Birmingham. The what? The kids learning about LGBT. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shit. yeah. Now, I think what they're talking about is um, just learning the very basics that gay people exist. Because, And I think this is great because, honestly, when I was about seven, I think I heard someone call someone else a lesbian. And I thought it was the same thing as leprosy. Because <laughs> there was just no education on it. Yeah. Yeah, but at the age of seven, how much did you know about relationships anyway? Well, I, you know, I knew, like that you guys were together, and I could yeah. see other people being together. Like, yeah, gay yeah, people yeah. aren't allowed to be like that in public without getting at least a little bit of harassment. Yeah, especially back then, because things have changed a lot in like ten years. Yeah, I've got a fairly. I don't think I've got a typical kind of um, outlook on it because being quite heavily involved in the music and theatre world, there's a there's a large much larger percentage of the population, if you like, that are that way inclined. So it's a bit difficult to kind of gauge what it's like in but, I mean, other areas. As sort of being educated as love rather than... Because quite often gay people are represented as just a sexual, rep, uh, a sexual relationship rather than it being equal to that of a heterosexual relationship. I think men definitely are seen as more promiscuous, aren't they? In... In gay relationships, I mean, <laughs> I've seen that way. I'm not saying that they are. I'm in just general that's relationships, it. yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't know what it is particularly, but I'm not sure if it's more society or biology that does that. We're just sex mad. <laughs> but you'll get different people that are very different. I mean. We've had to invent a word for women that are the same way nymphomaniac, so 
We, I don't think you wouldn't call a, a bloke an nymphomaniac. You'd just say he was a hot-blooded male, kind of just a normal bloke. <laughs> Basically, he would just be seen as just typical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's that kind of the whole thing about um, sort of the word slut, isn't there? And I think we're getting away from children, though. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's it's, it's still because them kind of words are slung around by children without knowing oh, yeah. what they actually are. So, but there has traditionally been like a bloke that slept around a lot would have been known as a stud, wouldn't he? And, and but a, a woman would have been a slut, you know. But so, like I say, go, with the with the protests, I, I I don't see there being a problem. They should educate the children, let them understand what these people are and what they're doing. Mm. It's not. It's not. Yeah, unnatural. I mean, it's, it, it's part of life. It's, it's very clear. I mean, they'll try and dress it up that they are just plain homophobes. The people protesting this. I mean, I, I think the first day. I can't remember where it was. The first day after. Um, no, it was the first day after Pride had finished. They were still there, and. One of the things that they said was, we don't want our kids to think that this is okay. Mm. But they don't realise. Well, that's kind of like the uneducation of when they were younger. They've just not yeah. been educated that way. And it's just a it's, a, it's a generational thing that's changing. Yeah. Hopefully that There's a lot get... changing now. The, the children now are completely different to what I was when I was a child. Hopefully yeah. so it does it's... get better, but... Sometimes more education can can be a bad thing. Sometimes because it can. But see, I've thought yeah. this about like, I know it's something that we're completely used to having like men and women's toilets separately. But yeah. when you think, when you really think about it, it's like, well, why why should there be apart from the issue of having urinals? But obviously, if you had integrated toilets, you wouldn't have urinals anyway. But I generally see them as a bit pointless because almost but, everyone that I talk to. It's like you don't feel really uncomfortable at the urinals. Yeah, yeah. Especially if you're next to someone. I'll just go. I'll, I'll go in a cube. Yeah. There's a line of people. Because I always try and go one, miss one. one. Yeah, yeah. What do, what do you do if there's like two? There's a gap with just two in between it. Which one do you stand I'll next to? And this happens a lot as well, like at weddings, because I do a lot of weddings, and and I'll be sober because I'm playing. But there'll be a lot of drunk people there, and they come in and they'll stand next to you, and and the urinal next to you, and they'll be like, they'll start start up a conversation, and you're like, I just feel really uncomfortable here. We're both stood with our dicks out, and we're he's trying to this stranger just trying to ask me how my day's going. And it's like I'm re- <laughs> I'm just trying to just trying to relax and have a piss. Just it's like. Nah, but anyway, that kind of digressed a bit. But yeah, you don't have a separate male and female toilet at home. You know, it, it strikes me a little. It's got a little bit of a flavour of a party about it. You know, not quite because they're not usually that different in quality. Like apartheid had toilets that were holes in the ground. But the point, the point about it was about keeping people apart, though. That was, uh... yeah, but the, the it's 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 not that they're being treated too differently when they are kept apart, though. Like, that, will they not stem from when in the going back even further? Because one of the schools that I used to go to had a boys' entrance and a girls' entrance. Yeah, it's been there since nineteen or seven. Yeah, there's one of those in Aberdeen. And there used to be a boys' side and a girls' side. Yeah, still the signs are still the the actual yeah stone signs are still there above, above the doors. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I think that was, that that's was perfectly normal. That's yeah, and that's where it's all stemmed from. Where you've got your separate everything is what is that about? separated. What is that about? I mean, because that that uh, that still that, happens. You still get all girls' schools and all boys' schools. It's like I don't, I don't, I'm not quite sure. I understand. I mean, it, it was per, like perfectly normal in our day. That that was fairly standard for a comprehensive school to be all girls or all boys. And it's like, why? What, you're not preparing people for the world here. Uh, people have argued that it like, keeps concentration, but... Well, I did at the time. Apparently, it was it, it, result, it tended to result in better um, exam results for boys, but not girls when they integrated them together. Girls did better in single sex, but boys did better in mixed. It's just sort of cheaper mixed because the world is going to be that separate. I mean, in the past it would have been, but... This is where I actually think that things like once you get to the age where you can go to like a, a further education college, I think you're better off in that environment than in a school sixth form because you then get mixed with people of different ages as well, which is the arena that you're kind of going into. You know, you're not going to... You're not going to only be with people your age, you know? Yeah. This hasn't been that much about children, has it? No, well, do you want to talk at least a little bit about a... raising me as an autistic child? I will... Um, no, not really. I will I've had fact... enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you bloody talk about? Um, well, I had a, I had a bit of a strange thought the other, yesterday, I think, when I was trying to think of ways to talk about this. Obviously, there's different... Um, ways of defining what the term child actually is. You've got like sort of um, child um, folders on computers, which basically are like, uh, it's like a descendant of something that depends on something. A child is a descendant, basically, isn't it? Right. Um, if you're not you're looking at this, this is a very weird way. I know, I, I do that. When, you, when you're not talking about children as, as in defined by law as an age thing, the, the concept of a child is um, a descendant of something. Um, so, like, I am my mum's and dad's child. You are our child. Um, um, he's going to interrupt me now. You're derail not my really going thoughts. anywhere by the sound. I am. Fine, continue. You're just not letting me. Um, so, in that sense, am I not, like... The person that this is going to get this is going to get metaphysical now. The person that I am now is that not technically in that sense the child of my former self, because without my former self, I I, I kind of everybody learns from their past experience, don't they? Right. So you in in the same way that you might learn from your parents, your present self is kind of um, a product of or a descendant of your previous self so your child self from like well last year to you but like my child self from say 20 30 years ago is almost like the parent of me now as a and i'm like a child <laughs> of myself as a parent Why are you, smoking? <laughs> you know what i mean no he doesn't he's oh. okay you, i'm just so confused you're, gene- <laughs> you're genetically identical yeah but yeah, but <laughs> right. There's concept in philosophy. It's a thought experiment. Oh, you... okay. Shipophysius. 
basically, I'm not sure who um, proposed it. Basically, a ship that's over the years gotten worn down and has had various parts replaced to the point where every part of it has been replaced. Is it still the same ship? Because your cells... I know, you've said this before. ...roughly replace not, every six months. I'm not talking about in a physical sense. I'm talking about in a behavioural kind of learning sense. I've learned... I am the child of my past experiences. Right, you don't learn... <laughs> like... You don't learn directly from your parents' experiences, though. No, but they teach you things. And you do, you yeah. do learn from your own experiences. But you don't have their perspective exactly when they tell you about their experiences. So it's no, not the same but thing. But in the same way, I don't have the exact perspective of myself 20 years ago now. Just stop. Just Nobody does. You see, if you look back to what, what's happening 20 years ago, you, you are looking at it through the lens of 20 years worth of experience. So not only is it not going to be this an exact This is not memory. what anyone means when they talk about the definition of a child. I know, I'm just exploring concepts because we were running out of shit to say. Well, I was about Whoa. to go mention something and you were just like, oh, I'm going somewhere where you're really not. Well, go on then. You, right. You, but Simon might have something important to okay. say. He just tried to say something sure. and you just... Well, it's, it's mainly it's like we're saying about where a child's age comes in. Where did holiday companies and... I'm going to say the name Disney. Come up with that. Twelve, you're know. an adult. Yeah. As soon as you turn twelve, you're an adult in their eyes. You have to pay full price for everything. I get the feeling. I don't that get some that of that is story. about basically how much you eat. Yeah, but the ticket price. <laughs> if you're not eating anything with a ticket price, are you? No, that's true. Yeah. And know, but being eleven and twelve, and then two, like one day, you've not grown that much, have you? No, no. They're probably just wanting to get as much money as they can. Yeah. But it's, a tr- it's not just that, it's also the travel companies. Because mm. I remember, I used to be like, up to being 16 when I was younger. Mm. I used to be on my parents' passport, and I used to still get child prices. Yeah. My first holiday, I think it was Benidorm. Mm. I was 10, I was on my mum's passport, I was a child. Then mm. I went away when I was 14, I was still classed as a child. I don't know when it changed to, like, now, you're 12, you get yeah, it's adult prices. They probably picked companies. up on the most efficient way to organize age so that you've got, you know, the people that are wanting to give their children an experience whilst they're young and kind of a bit naive, really, you know, they'll get swept up in the magic of it when they're below 12. And then people above 12 (laughs) are more likely to cynical bastards. Yeah. It's like, like, technically you call it a 13 year old, an adult because you're having to pay for them as an adult. The, the other thing is as well, I, I, there's certain places as well where you can't you can't buy a children's meal if you're over the age of 12, even though you might not want to eat the whole adult portion. Yeah, unless you just get it, and if it, especially at Disney. Yeah. Just the same child's over there. That's what I, yeah. that's what I do when I get some stuff for Julie. But. but it's like, surely in that sense, it should literally be on the amount of food that you're ordering. It's got nothing to do with yeah. how old you are. My... But, it's, it, but it is defining an age, yeah. a child, isn't it? Really. And yeah. It comes into where, where do you where do you de- define the age of an actual child now? I think with should... all these different social things. Everywhere. Maybe they yeah. should just like weigh people. No, because <laughs> American children would be 
adults. Blasted adults. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, quite rightly so. You know, I, I would be the weight of a six-year-old over there. <laughs> yeah, we've got some American listenership. Oh, they nice. haven't been in touch. I'm, I'm sorry, I tell us news. Yeah. Right. I need more beer. I, I was going to say, um, with your dad... As Who are you talking to? You, you, yours, because right. I don't know anything about Simon's dad. <laughs> <laughs> that would be weird. Yeah, but you're asking about something, so that would imply you don't know what it is you're about to right. explore. D- d- talk about, because <laughs> your dad was had anger problems. Uh-huh. And I know you've said that he usually took that out on my nan, your mum, mm-hmm. and your brother. I should be taking this more seriously than I am, but go on. Right. Do you want to talk about what it's like growing up like that? Because it's a difficult one. Because how, how long was he like around in your? Well, they divorced household. when I was seven. Right. Um, we we um, basically it all came to a head when I was seven. My brother was um, thirteen, twelve, thirteen. Um, but but um, yeah, there was an incident where she became aware that it was you know it was going to potentially be life threatening. So she basically just had to get out, um, and that's they divorced at that age. So I possibly have less. Um, early memories than most people might. Um, I think generally people don't tend to remember much before the age of sort of four or five, do they? Um, no, no. I, I remember bits and pieces, but yeah, you show yeah. me a picture of when I was maybe three or four. Yeah, I remember certain things. Yeah, it's like the, there's a picture of me mixing the plaster that my dad was fixing the back in the back yeah. wall in the yard. Yeah, the pictures there I was three year old. I, I when I see the picture, I remember doing it. So I think everything for me, everything pretty much rebooted at the age of seven because not only did we did they split up, but um, we moved completely from Leeds down to Northamptonshire, and everything just sort of started again. So yeah, just sort of had to get away from that environment. So it's weird. I don't know what's it like. Well, but it was before that time. It was. It was normal, but you you got no concept of what everybody else is going through. Normal for me then was just being scared most most of the time, like every day. Uh, but he wasn't home that much, so the fear was more when I knew he was going to be coming home. But because he was a travelling salesman, he didn't kind of he wasn't around that much. So that was fortunate. But what you, what you <laughs> yeah later in life because I know. I was fucked up later in life. <laughs> I, I know kind of still am, I think. M- more recently, because there's more understanding. Because what, um, what did he have? Was it bipolar? Um, yeah, I think it's called bipolar. It was manic depressive. So I think it's the same thing. Um, so he was on like lithium and stuff later on in life. Had all sorts of things because he was diabetic, but he never used to bother to to look after it that much. Um, I don't know. It was an. It was just an idiot, <laughs> basically. Um, but he couldn't help it, so you know, we're all idiots, really. I try. It's difficult because if I start talking about it seriously, it gets all it gets all serious and kind of. Uh, I just prefer to just forget about it and just kind of, you know. 
To be honest, it was weird though when he did die because I didn't know what to feel. You know, some some of it was relief, but you still kind of what was it? I can't remember what it was. I saw it in that even though somebody's an arsehole, it doesn't make it any easier to grieve for them. Yeah, yeah, that was in Jessica Jones, I think. <laughs> I don't know if you've seen yeah, that. Chance to see that season three. Um, There's so much to watch these days. It's- yeah, it's like. You know, there might have been a monster, but it doesn't make it easier to, you know, say goodbye, if you like. Because in some ways, you kind of... It's almost like you hold on to the um, the blame. Um, you know, you can kind of... I could, up to a certain point, I can kind of... Even as an adult, I know you're kind of responsible for your own actions, but... To a certain extent, you can hold on to the blame unhealthily. I think you can hold on to the blame. You, you can assign the blame to someone else, um, right, for the mistakes that you make. But when they die, it becomes more obvious that actually you are responsible for your own actions, and you always have been. It's just it becomes more apparent at that point that it's like, well, you know, you just got to move on now. Okay. I'm actually scared to death of when my mum goes, when Nan goes, because we've been really close. Um, and I think that's one thing that as you're growing up, you kind of, you know, there's going to come a time when yeah. you when you potentially have to address the Breaking Bollocks audience on your own. <laughs> uh, That'll be a difficult episode. I mean, I, I, I doubt this podcast will still <laughs> it gets going. a bit morbid now, isn't it? <laughs> well, to be honest, you never actually think of that, I wouldn't... Well, bring it back to children. Children never actually think about that. No, I, th- I think the- I don't know if you 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 ever thought that when at your age, Theo. But I never thought mine would not be in there when I was sixteen. I do. It, it, it's it's a shitty feeling, so you don't do it often. Yeah. But it's it's especially when someone like a more disconnected relative, so like my granddad, your dad. Yeah, you've you got you got used to saying goodbye to. Yeah, I I. I seen him grandparents i'd heard about him but i didn't really know him that well but then if you then think about um closer grandparents i mean you'll notice a lot more when the idea was that i that made me think about mortality in general yeah and then that sort of you sort of imagine what it would be like if someone that you're closer to died I remember first realizing what we have we done a death episode yet? Yes, we have. Thought so. Twenty six. <laughs> How the fuck do you know that he's autistic? <laughs> I have a good memory. Yeah, we've got a database with everything on it for the next two years, I think. Okay, that was because we changed <laughs> the schedule so that we actually have half the videos in the next two years. So. But yeah, that's gonna be um, it's gonna be a weird one when you find yourself at the top of the tree, if you like. Oh, yeah, don't know. I expect to die at like uh, twenty-seven, maybe. Well, that must be a horrible <laughs> thing as well. People like parents that have to bury their own kids. That must be. That must be. Mm, well, I, I had my my one my best friend did die when I was fourteen. That yeah. was that was tough. Yeah, when I was a kid. Because you never got educated anything about that, and whether to do, thing. we never got educated with grief. We never got any counselling. No, 
for anything. He just suddenly, he, he was a little bit older than me. He was 16 at the time, but he died of meningitis. Right. So that was a bit, it was a bit rough. Really. Yeah. But we, we never got any counselling or anything like that. Or no, you just to deal to, with it. You just, you we just had to get on with it. Yeah. Yeah. That was a tough thing, but over edu- through, through what I've gone through in my life, it's actually made me appreciate things more than yeah. probably what if he didn't pass away. Mm. It, it, it's sort of because uh, that that could, should be educated into, into children these days about death, really. Yeah, and, I, 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 don't, but, I don't think they talk about it too much. At least, I, I think maybe they'd talk about it maybe to do with themes in English or something along those lines, sort of um, dealing with death as a concept. But not really in terms of personal development. But I was thinking, um, how would you feel? Obviously, you are now of the age where you can be a parent. Oh yeah, fuck. I mean, I I could technically be one earlier, but um, I I, I think the law is um, I sort of touched on this earlier in Scottish law at least between. So if you're 13, 14 or 15, you are allowed to have sexual relations with someone else of that age. It's, it's a little bit grey, I think. Um, right, how do, how do I add an extra person to the chat, Simon? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I think <laughs> he just ongoing call. In, yeah, I think we just send it to him. It should send him an invite to it. S- like uh, oh, you are useless. Uh, how do I do this? Um Start video. Create new group with Nick or start video. Start video call. Is that going to be a separate call though? Find out. Oh shit. I've just. Fuck's sake. <laughs> oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Oh, I mean, <laughs> I've had worse introductions. No, I've ju- we're just trying. <laughs> Hi, Nick. We've, <laughs> we've just lost Simon because I've just tried adding you to a conversation with him and. and- <laughs> How do I add another person in here? Uh, You're just on audio, aren't you? I am, because um, right. I'm... Well, Arcs, so you couldn't see. Oh, hey, up. we got an ongoing call with three of us now. Did you just do that? Yeah, I just added him in. <sighs> Could you, you tell us you how you did You have to get it? someone else to do it, because you're fucking inept. <laughs> Christ. Yeah, but... See, right. Simon, are you back with us? Uh, this... I'm back with you audio-wise. Right, yeah, Nick's Nick's not showing his face for some reason. He's uh, well, you, he's obviously ashamed. You can, yeah, you can. I mean, my, my hair's my hair's awful. Oh uh, also, that is not good lighting at all. <laughs> no, so I told you, I'm, it's really dark where I am. You're a Skype ninja, you are. Hey, what's going on? Oh, what the fuck? Who did all that? I did none of that. Wow, it's called technology. Yeah, but get used to it, Granddad. They are, they are both, (laughs) they are both uh, more than ten years younger than me. So, and you are an actual Granddad. (sighs) So where were we? We were. um, What we talked about? Quick. We were talking about your dad, and uh, then we we got onto onto mortality and and... all that fun stuff. Um, we we uh, there was a point earlier on that I said it would be good to have Nick in on the conversation because we were talking about autism, weren't we? Yeah, and sort of um, how other parents would often sort of think, oh, they're just being naughty. You should just be stricter with them. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. I was saying about because um, when when we first went to Florida, I never finished that bit of the conversation, did I? We had these cards made up because um, I had to. You had a meltdown in. Um, oh, it was in Fantasyland. I remember um, it because I got cafe. given a cookie. There was a cafe. What are the cafes in Fantasyland near Dumbo? Near that Dumbo ride, um, like a burger place. Can't remember. I don't know. It's near. It's a small world, anyway. But there was a, a table full of teenagers that looked distraught because you were having a big meltdown, and and I had to basically just sort of take you outside to calm you down. But we gave them a card explaining. I, the I remember a waiter gave me a cookie, and then we went to go see the parade. But this is that generational thing you were talking about earlier, um, Simon. Um, yeah. <laughs> Oof. Cheers. Oh fuck, he's on the hundred percent proof stuff now. Um. Yeah, when we got on the plane on the way back and you wouldn't sit in the non-window seat, even though it was your sister's turn, and your granddad was just saying, just make him sit there, just tell him he's got to sit there and that. But me and mum both knew that there was just no point in trying to put our foot down on, on that. Yeah, He seemed to think that it was just, even though he knew what you were like, he didn't really understand that you can't just impose your will. General generational thing and i noticed that they've improved a lot to the point where i think they somehow think that they're more experts than you guys now on it but but they're wrong it's it's weird (laughs) it's it's a funny one right because i'm i'm estranged from estranged even from my parents yeah and i had an email a few months ago and one of the things um in this email was um my mum talking up the fact that um oh yeah she must know uh, she kind of understands how hard it must be with a, an autistic child because you know she she's seen autistic children at the school she works at right and the problem with that kind of attitude like n- number one she's never met my son yeah and yeah. she's probably never going to meet my son um secondly as you know Autism is a spectrum. Yeah, every case is we ha- different, isn't it? We were having this conversation the other day. I say that we was having a rally the other day. <laughs> me and my wife. Uh, so sorry, sorry, I said that wrong. Me and my wife. Um, <laughs> she big um, because when she first thought that he uh, could be autistic quite early on, um, I turned around to her. And I remember, I remember doing it. I turned around to her quite flippantly when she said that, and said, "Look." If he is, he is, and you know, it will be, we'll be able to deal with it. It's not a problem. Yeah. Because my view of autism at that time was very much, you know, almost like Hollywood autism. Yeah, right. Green Man. You know, yeah. It, it it basically it heightens some senses. It gives you a few a few issues, but in some ways you're like a superhuman, uh, and in other ways you might have struggles. Yeah. Now my particular, you know, my son, my case, um, he's nonverbal. Um, he, you know, he, he can barely say like a couple of words, um, you know, lots of stimming. Um, and these all, these all things that I didn't really understand. See, uh, you know, that, that's until... something that Theo used to, you used to do a lot more stimming, um, when you were younger than I, than I, than I witnessed now, but uh, maybe it just takes different forms now. I don't know. I, d- I noticed I, d- I do sometimes still do it in private. Like if I'm watching a video and like I'll let my imagination run wild and that like 
get yeah. me quite excited. No innuendo intended. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody had thought that till you said that. But. Yeah, well, I, I felt like I needed to say it. But I, I noticed, I'm, I'm not sure if it's more of a sort of, because I know... You know what stimming's short for, don't you? <laughs> I, I know um, that other people with like anxiety do this, like um, shaking your leg up and down. Yeah, dithering. Yeah, I, I'm not sure if that's a sort of me um, sort of constraining that to where it's less visible and that's because of social pressure or it's just sort of something that's happened anyway. See, I do that. Do you two ever get, like, an annoyed looks from your other halves, like, if, you, if you're just sat, like, sort of waving your foot around while you're watching TV or...? I, I do the leg thing. Yeah. I do the, I do the tapping. Um, and it's become worse. Or, sorry, it's become more annoying because I usually work, I normally work from home. I normally work upstairs yeah. above the living room. So, right. it, you know, I will start doing it and not realise that I'm doing it um, until I kind of get shouted at from upstairs <laughs> to, to stop because we've got wooden floors. Um <laughs> So I don't do the, I don't move my foot around, but yeah, I'm definitely um, my leg my leg will go, um, and I'll, I won't really notice. Yeah. I do the I do the thing the finger thing like you biting the end of my fingers and my nails. Oh yes, and I also get the uh, breathing heavy, I believe. Um, but watching yeah. TV, I just I'm like. <laughs> is that not snoring yeah but she said she, Julie says I'm snoring when I'm watching TV and she's like stop breathing in she just slap me sick. stop it nice. autism to domestic abuse I like it so, um, <laughs> this is why it's always good to have a separate chair or sofa because then they can't abuse you without getting up first also they, they noticed you doing your annoying things less hmm Depends what the view is like. You know, depends where the eye the eye line ends up. Um, but going back to what you were saying, like, I, I do think that there is, um, especially when it comes to all this, but I think there is a, a, not just a generational thing, but also I think um, a lack of understanding in general. Mm. Um, we're actually in the uh, in the middle of a massive row at the moment with the, the nursery that my son's in. Mm. Um, because of a lot, lots of things, um, but there seems to be a real, with certain members of the staff, there a real kind of lack of knowledge of, um, you know, what triggers my son and and, and yeah. what he does and, and everything like that, and um, and that's that's from people who are supposed to be yeah, it's uh, their like, job. Yeah, well, I mean, not you know, you can't just say like nursery staff in general necessarily, but if you've got people that are trained and are called senkos, you expect them to have more of an understanding than just yeah. somebody who works in nursery. And, and actually, they appear to be the worst ones. Now, interestingly, they're the youngest ones as well. So maybe yeah. that kind of does revert back to the generational thing. But I think with autism in general, uh, you know, I think it is a lack of understanding and knowledge. Well, they they grew up in a different kind of. I mean, like we we were talking earlier about the corporal punishment situation um, with the yeah. law and how that's changed quite quickly over the last few years. Um, and it just see it does seem completely reasonable now to 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 view smacking a child as 
wrong, you know, whereas it was yeah. a perfectly normal parenting technique not that long ago. So Yeah, I got I got hit when I was a kid. Yeah. Um I, I I'd started school just after it was taken out of schools. But a few years. Yeah. I, I just I'm not long missed it, but I had missed it. Um but yeah, it was certainly the dumb thing still when I was I don't actually up. know whether or not it, it was legal or not when I was at school, but I do remember people getting the slipper in front of the whole class. Um, like being caught. I mean, it, it was as much about the humiliation of being taken up in front of the whole class yeah. and bent over and, and whacked. Like, that actually mm-hmm. seems archaic to me now. I specifically remember... Oh, it is. Um, <laughs> but like, it, it seems like something that would be done in Victorian times because I remember um, for like learning about the Victorian period, we went to this old school and sort of dressed up like Victorian kids to sort of see what it would have been like. Was that not more that you were being sent up chimneys, though, to sweep them? No, but it was... It was... I imagine we would have been sort of treated as, like, rich kids, basically. Yeah. But, you know, the corporal punishment was actually just sort of acted out and played for laughs because it was just seen as so backwards and weird... Yeah, I, I remember being on a on a residential school trip, um, and this was about the age of ten or eleven, and we were all in like there was a boys' dormitory and a girls' dormitory, and obviously like everybody was up like talking and making loads of noise way after bedtime when they shouldn't have been, and the teacher coming in and basically just picking three boys at random from the room, getting them up, giving the you know bending them over, giving them the the slipper. That seems just so fucking weird. It's hard. It it was at random as well, and at, well. I, you know, they might have picked who they thought were the usual troublemakers, but it was as much as an as an example to everybody else as it was. You know, I mean, they had no way of knowing who it was. It, it was probably all of us that were messing about. I mean, it sounds like you've been treated like prisoners there. Well, oh, hey, he's oh, walking around. Got visual. Do, do you know the number of times in the last couple of days I've opened my laptop and that face has been looking at me out of Facebook, <laughs> either with a sandwich in its gob. That don't take oh, the happy, oh, yeah. happy birthday for the other day, by the way. Yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, thank you. Is that you? Welcome to the club. Is that 40, yes. 40 now, is it? No? 30? 36. 36. Oh, sorry, I've 36, just insulted yeah. you. <laughs> I saw that my daughter was telling everyone I was 63, so. Okay. Uh, she added a few more years. Um, yeah, that, I mean, yeah, I mean, corporal punishment in the schools was, was weird. But I also think. Um, like even the, the the understanding of autism over the last 20, 30 years has, has really changed in general anyway. I think people are more aware of it. Mm. Um, I really struggled at school. And I was never one of these um, like naughty kids, but I never really did that well. Yeah. And it kind of came to head when I, I went to uni. And um, I was really, I remember really struggling my third year. And I sat down with my tutor one day because it seemed to be that the I was always told I wasn't putting enough effort in. And the more effort I put in, the worse I got. The the work I got the best grades on were ones I did at the last minute. Yeah. And I sat there talking to her and I said about um that I was doing my dissertation and I said, like, you know, I'm really trying hard at it, but you know, you're telling me it's not good. And she said, Are you getting um help with your your dyslexia? And I went, I'm not dyslexic. And she went, No, you are. 
<laughs> I went, I'm, I'm not. I was, this was, I was like 20, 21. I was like, I'm not dyslexic. And she went, no, you are. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And it always kind of stuck with me. And it's only later years that I've realized it was probably, it was probably not um, dyslexia. But autism, and the first time I met Craig, sorry, not the first time I met Craig, but the first time I spent time with Craig when we went to Florida, he went to me, You are autistic, aren't you? I, went, <laughs> I don't I don't think I am. But the more the more that it's kind of come about, the more I think actually maybe I was. And Well, I've my, heard people saying before that when they meet you in real life that you you're really sort of shy and quiet, like on first meeting. Someone <laughs> Something yeah, to tell you. Yeah. I, I didn't say a single word. He was there talking to Craig about, um, you know, how he listened to Universe After Dark and, and all this, like, really good stuff. And I just sat there. I was just, so just stood there like an absolute lemon. Yeah. Um, not really knowing where to look. Um, yeah. I'm incredibly I'm incredibly awkward when I meet new people. Yeah. Really am. That's born in Welford a few months time. <laughs> I've already, I've already told everyone. I've told everyone that's going that if I don't give you eye contact at first, that's the reason why because I'm not very confident, which is stupid considering how many podcasts I've done and everything like that. Although I think that's why I I enjoyed doing that medium rather than mm. I, I don't mind doing video, but um, why podcasting is much easier for me because one thing I learned when I was in my teenage years when I started to kind of come out of my comfort zone a little bit and, and start to try and make friends <clears throat> was um, almost pushing a persona. Yeah. So it was, I, I learned I can make people laugh. Right. And I use that. And even now, like I get told off a lot because we'll be having a really serious conversation about something and I'll find a way of, of making a joke about yeah. that situation. Mm-hmm. And it's just, a, it's a way of making me feel comfortable because I kind of use that as a bit of a, a crutch. Yeah, um, but it, it, it's those kind of things. And my brother, um, I mean, my brother's uh, a genius, and and he's probably uh, no, he definitely is autistic. Um, but but my, because my brother was really smart at school, all the attention kind of went on him. Mm. So no matter what problems I was having, it was always kind of just like brushed under the carpet because it didn't matter. Do you think and it's only like later on that I've kind of started to put things yeah. together and do you, th- do you think it's better th- i mean like the way education systems going and everything they're, they're certainly they have been trying to push everything more towards integration um than it used to be because I, I used to drive taxis down south and i remember a lot of the kids that would now be in mainstream in schools <laughs> would uh, I, i'd be driving them over to a nearby town to a to a, a special school um and they were they were i mean they were seen as badly behaved um, mm. but they were just dealt with by specialist sort of teachers, um, whereas now they try to integrate everyone. And it's okay, I think, as long as the training's there. Yeah. I, again, I think it really comes down to um, how you how you are and how you cope. So mm-hmm. my son is going to be starting in a, in a special school in September. Now, the original plan was that he was going to stay on at the school the nursery he's in now, which is the school that my daughter goes to. And it's a very good school. It's a, it's a really good school. It's, it, it ranks really highly. It's like the, the second best school in the borough. It's, it's, it's a really good school. But he would struggle because the pressure they put on the kids is, is much harder. 
Yeah. Um, and he, you know, because he's nonverbal and because he is so far behind in things like reading and writing, like he can't read at all. Um, he can he can put words together with apps and stuff like that. We, right. We've got like a lot of educational apps, but mm. you know he can't write anything. He can't really read anything. Um, so he would struggle in a mainstream school. But for those kids that um, would, would would struggle, but not in a, to the same degree, then yes, we are seeing I think a lot more of getting support in there, but but allowing them to to integrate more yeah so i really think it does come down to personal circumstance i you know if i was um and i and i i mean the thing is i don't say i am autistic because i have not been told i am yeah um getting a diagnosis as an adult is incredibly difficult and yeah. i want one not because of because of of, of being able to kind of tick that box and answer a lot of questions about myself not for any kind of help that i can get because yeah. i've coped so far i think but the point the is um, the way I've always sort of seen it is because a lot of people have this attitude of, well, everyone's on the spectrum, which sort mm. of feels like they're sort of belittling people that are above that point where they're considered autistic. So like, well, I'm on the spectrum too. So, you know, where where's my certificate? And I'm not yeah. saying that's what you're doing, but um, I, I sort of see it as it's to the point where it's actually creating a problem. Because the only point where I went somewhere to get diagnosed was, I think, when you know my behaviour was at a point where they were considering expelling me from the school I was at. That, 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 was, again, that was the thing that prompted them. Yeah. I mean, we were, we were lucky in that because... And it, it's all down to my wife. Um, because of how far behind he was in kind of reaching milestones we got a diagnosis when he was two and a half right. because they wanted to wait till three. And she said, look, he's not going to, the things you're expecting him to do by three, he's clearly not going to do those. Yeah. We really need to take it seriously. But first of all, it was like hearing tests and, and stuff like that. He passed all of those. It wasn't his hearing that was a problem. Um, and we kept pushing and pushing and, and eventually we did get that. And we, so for him, what we were able to do was kind of get the support, get, um, key workers involved and be able to kind of put up, put together like uh, strategies and everything like that. Yeah, the, I think the problem that you really kind of brought up there about um, people trying to tick a box and say, "Well, I'm autistic" and everything like that, I think is is completely valid and that and, it, and it's it's hard because you know I, I know they're changing the law soon um, with regards to autism as being a that being a condition that you can get a blue badge for right. for argument's sake yeah and when you're talking when you start talking about um financial benefits and you start talking about things like a blue badge you will have people that will try and you know if that's a box they can tick and if that's something they can get something for you know pe there are certain people that will do that yeah and the problem is it's only a small percentage but that small percentage then tarnishes it for anyone that really needs yeah. that. Yeah. And that's that's the kind of point I'm saying is that I want to take a box, but I don't Be want yourself. anything with that box. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't I, want to get... You, I, you want an answer. I think it's yeah, that it. sort of it's distinction... That's a, It's a distinct, distinction between mild autism where you know it, it causes some difficulties, but it, it's not going to 
Well, see, when it, you were, it, when it, you were getting your diagnosis, yeah. the guy that it, obviously we were in, it was family mental health, so he was asking questions of both me and Suzanne as well. Um, mm. And, you know, he, he commented that I showed a lot of the same traits, not to the same degree, but he's cert- he certainly seemed to think that I had a certain um, tendency towards those autistic traits, Um which for me again, it was the same thing. It's like I, I don't want any sort of special recognition for it, but it mm-hmm. did, it did help me to kind of think. Well, yeah, I kind of, I kind of understand a little bit about when I look back at some of the things that happened when I was a kid. Now, it's like, well, that kind of makes more sense now. You know, you can kind of understand yeah. yourself better. That's it. It's yeah. For me, it's uh, it's trying to understand my journey and and kind of how I've ended up and, and how I process things and how I do things. Mm. Um, my daughter at the moment, um, she is really excelling at school. She's reading at a, 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 I can't remember if it was nine or 10 year old level. We got a report through the other day. She's like a well above average in a, in a reading compared to her classmates um, and above for maths, which was a surprise to us because we're both useless with, with numbers. Um, but we think she's autistic yeah. And they won't give her a diagnosis because she's at school and the problems that we see with her at home, she doesn't really do at school. Yeah. And the school, because she's at school, they need to be the ones that um, get get put her up for, mm. um, for seeing somebody. And she can cope, you know, unlike my son, she's able to talk and, and, and do all these, all these things, but it's the, uh, the way she, uh, handles information and the way that um, things affect her. Like at the moment, it's it's death is is really affecting her. She's six years old. She shouldn't be thinking about it in the way that she is. Uh, she gets uh, really bad anxiety, um, and and there's other things as well. And you know what they always turn around as well with autism in, in kids is that it's much easier to diagnose it in boys because girls are easier to hide it. Right. And even though that our son's autistic and even though that we've said look you know we wanted to be seen because of x y and z they're like no you know if the school don't think there's a problem then then we won't so because she's doing well in in lessons and everything like that well that quite happy that actually sounds a lot more like your older sister um right yeah when she was at school um there there were multiple problems at home with behavior but but she was almost perfect at school so there was right. no kind of, you know, we used to be bringing up issues with them and they'd be like, well, you know, we don't know what you're talking about. It's, yeah, so. I've, I've, I, I definitely notice, um, I, I think it's that sort of thing of, there's this attitude of boys will be boys being a lot more aggressive. So that's, you know, it, it's it's quite easy to see when that oversteps. It's just, I think it's um, when you're autistic, because there's these unwritten social rules, and it it feels like everyone else just somehow understands these without being told these, and it's just sort yeah, of. But they don't. They just act as if they do. Yeah, but it, it's <laughs> really fucking confusing because it's just sort of like, well, who told you this? See, I see. Th- like, why we did see they tell you this? Sitting, It makes no sense. He'll come home from school, and there'll have been some kind of social situation gone on that most people would not deal with but just kind of carry on not having dealt with it but you'll sit there for an hour or two, a good hour or two and actually talk through everybody's different kind of dynamics in that situation no, I, and you'll understand it a lot better than most people end up doing as a result i feel like autism is quite often misconstrued as a lack of empathy 
I, I, I think it's just sort of um, I, I I'm probably more empathetic than most people that I know, but I misunderstand how to use that. I think. Yeah, I think I think the confusion is is that it's always it's always discussed as a lack of, when actually I think it can be too much. Yeah. Again, we're talking about a spectrum, and I think I think both sides of that are there. So how my you, daughter is one how, of her big things is is friendships, and she's got one friend in particular who um, always wants to have my daughter's attention, and so if she's if she's seen playing with somebody else and she's not playing that game, she will drag her away from it. Yeah. And she doesn't know how to do it because she knows that um, if she doesn't do that, her friend will get really upset. Yeah. Even though it will, it could, because she knows her other friends will be okay, she, she goes along with it, but she finds it really hard to make that decision. She yeah. feels like she just has to, whatever she's pulled to do, she will do, and then worries about it later on. Mm. How do you deal with the... Um uh, the houses at the Halloween Horror Nights, Nick, like the sensory input. Because I'll tell you why. Because we, when we went, that really affected me. Theo, Theo went through his first house. We we took a an RAP tour, and right, he only made it through one house. I don't. I still don't understand why you did this. Because you know that I hate horror films. Well, and you still Nick, did this. <laughs> Nick will understand this. No, you know that. I mean that we knew that there was a chance that you wouldn't deal with it very well, but part of being a parent, <laughs> part of being a parent of an autistic child is to is to try different things and push different things, you know, just to give you the opportunity to kind of find out what you can tolerate and stuff like that. But you really didn't. It was the, it was um, Halloween. It was the Halloween house. So the first oh, okay. the first thing he got was Mike Myers in the face, like, so. and it, it was just sort of the. Was it Michael Myers? I was Sorry. expecting a sort of more well, story based experience, rude. and it was more just sort of, yeah. oh, here's a guy jumping was, out at you, and right behind you, there's another guy. That's sort of all over the place, and my hands I think a lot were of it was the volume, shaking wasn't it? all over. Yeah, the place. He, he panicked, and it was. I think it was the the volume as well. It's very yeah, sudden, are, they kind are of very loud. Yeah, they are very loud. Um, I remember I went straight out, and the you know that um they have those um harvest things with um like the really tall pumpkins, mm. and there was and, just sort uh, of little snaps and weird things with the, them going on, and just from the sort of aftermath of going through Halloween. And then going out there really the, freaked the me out. The chainsaws as well, they were getting you, weren't they? Oh, yeah. I was cooped up for the night in the Simpsons restaurant because I couldn't go anywhere near the people that were running after people with chainsaws. Not on his own. Suzanne did go and sit with you. but And the, and the staff were really good. You know, she the, the, the tour guide um, kind of got us basically backstage so that we could get out safely afterwards, but... Nice. It, it was a learning experience. I will never forgive you. Actually, to be honest, I will forgive you because you got me tickets to Hamilton. So that that's your <laughs> that's your forgiveness. <laughs> so that was that was what I was hoping I was getting for my birthday, and, we, and she couldn't get them. Um, no, yeah, no, no, oh, that was like eighteen months in advance. I got on the list for them. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I um I well we, we recorded uh, me going around Halloween Horror Nights. Yeah, when me and Craig went 
um, where I discovered my new catchphrase, which was no hmm. thank you every time that someone. <laughs> it was very unintentional. Like, do you imagine I didn't if realize... you did that in an actual horror film, though? <laughs> Just like honestly, it was, the axe it was, murderer coming after you. No thank was, you, not today. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was so like it really wasn't. I, I didn't have a a battle plan where we went, except for I knew that I didn't want to do the houses, which is really funny because I was asked to go with Craig purely to do Halloween Horror Nights. And I'm going this year with Craig and the others to do Halloween Horror Nights. When I do the houses for the first time, I really have to psych myself up to do them. I really don't like going into them. When I've done them once or twice, I'm I'm not too bad because then I've, in my head, I've got roughly what's going to happen. It's, yeah. it's, the, um, it's the anticipation. And it really, really... Um, I, I, I hate it. I really, really hate it. Um, so I was glad that it, it turned out to have some really funny audio um, to make it kind of worthwhile. But <laughs> yeah, it's um, it, it's a funny one. I but I, I I'm where was I was talking with with um, with Ripley recently, and I told him a story about when I was young and I I was playing uh, Quasar, and I got mm. um, picked up by somebody dressed up as a Doctor Who monster and. and uh, picked me up on his arm and, and he ran around with me yeah. in the dark and so I've always had a, a funny thing then um, it's like since then about it and that was like 25 years ago or something yeah. like that probably mm-hmm. longer um, but yeah I, I think the, the thing with Halloween Horror Nights is I think the, the house is beautiful but I do struggle to go around them until I'm comfortable in there mm. because it's that um, anticipation of what's coming next. And I'm like it on, on a lot of rides as well. I have to really psych myself up. Yeah. Even, um, hello, uh, what's it called? Uh, Tower of Terror. Yeah. Now oh, I've yeah. done that ride that one numerous me times. Out a bit as well. Yeah, I've done it numerous times. And, and so I know what the ride is. I know what's going to happen on the ride. But I, I struggled to get myself on it. And, and when me and uh, Ryan went to Disneyland Paris a few months ago, and there was a, a uh, a group of us that went they all love uh tower of terror but i could psych myself up to go on it once yeah and then they were like right let's get straight back on it and i was like you know what guys i'm gonna go and do something else yeah i didn't want to tell them because I've, I've... i find it really hard to, to pump myself up for it because i enjoy it while i'm on it but mm. it's the thought of going on it that i think um, it's the sort of cinematic build-up because it's got like you go up to the ghost family in the elevator and you're not quite sure when it's gonna drop but it's mm. got so much story build up to it, and then it's, see that. Um, if, it, if it was just a you go up, you drop, and I would be fine with it. But it's a, the sort of experience of it. That reminds me of the first time um, when I took Nienna on uh, Rock and Roller Coaster in Florida, and it was the first big roller coaster she'd ever been on. How old would she have been then? About uh, nine, ten, maybe eight. Eight, yeah. Um, so she's never been on a really big roller coaster before, and we've been through the queue, and she'd seen the launch several times, obviously. Oh, wait, was but... this in Paris? No, this was uh, Florida. Oh, so she would have been eight then. Yeah. Um, so we're sat in the car, and for some reason, you know you've got that kind of bit where you sit there for a few seconds, and then the traffic lights go, and you get the countdown, and you're off. For some reason, we sat there for a good two or three minutes waiting. Oh, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. And she started crying and like getting hysterical. And, and it's just that because you never know quite when it's going to happen. That you know re- what's going to happen. That reminds me of when we got stuck on 13 in Alton Towers. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. You, you were so cruel. Because we got. <laughs> have you been on that? The, no, I have. You haven't. There's a lift hill. We got stuck on that and okay. it was a good 10 minutes. And then later on in the ride. I expected it, there's just as you go into this building and it, the, the tracks just stop. So you stop there. And I was just expecting it to go backwards because I knew that the ride goes backwards at some point. Spoiler but, alert. Yeah. The floor actually <laughs> drops from under you. So I was shitting myself because the ride had broken down earlier. And then I was just like, oh, this is meant to happen. Thanks for letting yeah. me know. <laughs> Well, yeah, but that that's the the excitement of of things like that. Yeah. Um we haven't spoken much about the subject of the podcast. No, we haven't. But those are subjects. Chil- children. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently. Well, reminiscent of our childhoods. Yeah. You got to get up at half past 5, haven't you? Nah, I'll be all right, don't we like. We need more beer. Um, are we going to carry on much longer? or Because if we are, I'm going to need more beer. If not, then I'll wait. Are we wrapping up? Do you have more to say? What do you guys think? I barely have anything to say at the best of time. Because the person's <laughs> just spent ages talking. Um, children are great. I was one once. Ooh. Um, Simon, was you a child once? Yeah, I think I so. I still yeah, am. Yeah. Quickly. And I know... I know so we got now two people that aren't parents and two people that are um just on that, that we know of um don't i someone once <laughs> said to me I, I remember um i worked i was working in sainsbury's so i was probably early 20s <laughs> sorry I Simon, smoking I room, <laughs> and someone someone came up to me and said oh well, how's your daughter and i went don't have a daughter i went yeah i'm like no and then i had well, my mind just stopped for a minute. I thought, am I am I going to be going on Jeremy Carlson? <laughs> <laughs> is, this their, is this their way of telling me that I've got a kid out there that I had no idea about? But uh, it's still unfounded, so. <laughs> but um, I, I sort of think I never want to really have a child at this point because I, I, I don't know. It feels like a lot of pressure. and. That, well, I was nearly 30. Yeah, but I, I still don't feel like you've grown up, so... Yeah. That's how I've survived it. I guess. <laughs> it's um it's 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 a funny one because when we when I first got together with my wife, she didn't want children. Um well she didn't think she wanted children. And then that changed over time. Mm. And I think and I mean and now, I mean I, I do think, um, do I want to become a parent? Um which is a bit late really <laughs> thinking about it now. But uh, I, I think um, I think sometimes it's it's circumstance, and I think sometimes it's just how um, how you you change as a person. Um, yeah. I know people that have like said exactly what you said there, Theo. Like you can't see you, you wanting to do that, um, and then people that have have said they've they've always wanted kids, and then and then later on gone, you know what? Um, you know, I, I don't think I can do it. Yeah, I don't remember ever really thinking about it. Um, when me and your mum... That's hardly me- surprising. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> it, 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 not in the way that it sounds. But when, when I met Suzanne, um, 
she already had a six-year-old. Right, yeah. And it wasn't something that I had to think, well, do I really want to take that on? It was just like, you know, I knew that she had a kid from when we met. So it wasn't like something that was sprung on me. It was just part of the package, you know what I mean? But I don't remember before that actually thinking, do I or don't I want kids? It was just at that time, it, it just seemed to be at that time you didn't have to deal with the early stages of complete frustration no but it's in some ways it was more difficult coming into as as not with no parental um experience whatsoever coming into a situation where somebody's already that age kind of trying to trying to build a bond from nothing like that was really quite difficult i know Um, and I'm not sure how much of this was to do with because she said that she does have autistic tendencies. Because um, her dad, her biological dad, died in a motor bicycle accident. Motor bicycle? Motorbike <laughs> accident. Motorbike, yeah. This, <laughs> this is a really weird tone to take for something that's really fucking horrible. <laughs> it was a, it was a um, motorized penny farthing. Christ. <laughs> Um, they they do have those in London. Do really? they? Do. No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, yeah. I've, I've not, I've not literally, I've not literally seen one in real life, but I know that, um, yeah, there is, there are versions of those that hipsters have. So yeah, oh, it's like bloody. Of course, of course there are. Yeah. What we're coming to? <laughs> Just be um, glad you have to see hipsters. Yeah, motorbike crash. She was ten. <laughs> yeah, and so, I. From what I understand, she was sort of... That was hard. Yeah, she, she did sort of vaguely accept you when she before then, but she really pished hard and took it all out mainly on you. At that point, well, what it was, I, I was at work, I was doing shifts, and I was at work, it was about half nine at night, and I got a phone call from Suzanne um, saying what had happened, and I had to get my boss to come back in to cover the rest of the shift so I could go home. And I came in, and I... Tried to go and give her a hug, like because I, you know, you would, um, and it was there was just like it was just blank. There was no, suddenly there was just no kind of. It was like she'd shut down, you know, like completely yeah. just kind of. And at that point, I knew this is. I'm just gonna have to step back. Um, and we knew that there were gonna be there were gonna be many years of repercussions after that, just because you don't you don't come out of that kind of. Yeah, I think you know? it's. I think it's much easier stepping into um, someone with a child when they are <laughs> under one yeah. <laughs> or certainly not kind of talking level because when you're talking about a four or five, six, seven year old, whatever, um, they're their own person, they've got yeah. their own personality, they've got their own traits, they've, they've, they've got their own kind of, um, you know, ideas about things. Um, babies don't. To the point though where, it must have been a couple of years ago, and this is this is how long it went on for, really. That that I know, um, I felt distanced. Um, was it a couple of years ago? You, you, uh, me, and Susanna had, had a big row at at, um, at your grandparents, and it was about something to do with you, actually, because you'd you'd refused to eat something, and one of us was trying to make you eat it, and the other one was saying no, he doesn't have to, and we'd fallen out about it. And I went off, and I and I was in tears because we'd had a big bust up about it, and she came along. Um, Lorian, you're. She's been on one of the videos. I don't know if you've seen it. So, but, um, yeah, been on quite a few. Yeah. Um, and and gave me a hug and asked if I was okay. And it was like that came completely out of the blue. This is like when she's about twenty, and it's like, 
was like completely like I had to thank her for it afterwards because it, I'd never had that kind of concern from her before. You know. Yeah, mm. I, I think I think that's because she really I specifically I think she was about seventeen. Um, and it was around about Christmas time, which is perfect for fucking arguments. Oh, Jesus, it? yeah, I remember this. Um, <laughs> because I didn't... Re- I, I, I think there was quite a bit of friction between me and her, because we... I think we're more similar than we'd probably like to admit, in that we like to be in control. Um, Do you? I, I think we've... I've, I, <laughs> I think we've both gotten better at this over the years, but, like... Oh, are you saying that ironically? No. Oh, <laughs> sorry. But um, no, I specifically remember um, I'd asked her because she'd moved out at that point, or she'd been staying at a boyfriend's house for some time. So I'd asked her when she was coming home because I didn't really understand what was going on, being a bit in the dark with that not sure how much of that with me being young and how much of that being autistic. no we were in the dark as well <laughs> but um <laughs> so i'd asked her when she was coming home and then just all hell broke loose oh, that was she she was 15 and she started spending time at a boyfriend's oh, was house she 15 I yeah, seventeen. I have no idea what well, that time was. Well, no, this was probably before that happened. Then, but we obviously we were rightly concerned with her being only fifteen that she was spending, you know, nights out. Her boyfriend says she basically she hadn't been home for like two weeks. We've been talking for years about moving her out of the bedroom that she was in. No, what was it? Because there's two bedrooms and there's like two girls and and Theo. Um, and you were sharing with your sister at the time. Yeah, we and you were getting there. to the age where you needed to to not be anymore. So we had to rearrange the bedrooms so that the two girls were together, and you had a room on your own. Um, but she just happened to come in, come back for the first time in two weeks, just as we were moving all our stuff out of her bedroom, and it was like, <laughs> what the hell's going on? I've just come, it's like, well, you've not been here for two weeks. You've known for years that this was going to happen. We thought, like, you know, it's like. But obviously, yeah, at that point, ever since then, she said that we were basically throwing her out. <laughs> he was throwing her out of her room. Well, yeah. A different room. Yeah. <laughs> camera's now, just gone. You guys are the only ones on camera now. I, I feel like this has been a really random episode. Well, this is what happens when you ask me to come on. Like, that's, yeah, that's what really. happens. Um, it's fine. It's been nearly two hours. Should we wrap up? Uh, do you have much else to say, anyone? I need more beer. That's what I You've have to been say. saying that for like the last half an hour. Oh, yeah, but I've got to start getting back on with my life tomorrow. It's been fucking mental for the last few weeks. <laughs> oh, I'm Pick on holiday, so I'm fine. No, you've got all the housework to do. I've done mine. Once. Yeah. Anyway. Fine. This is this is the part where we just just act. Okay, out let's parenting. finish the podcast off. Let's yeah. What do you mean act out parenting? Um, me and Simon have to like step in now and and you know. Simon, you can be the dad. I'll be the mum. Oh. Uh, <laughs> can we watch? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe September. <laughs> no way. I'm going to get a ticket. Cra- <laughs> you'll have to fight crazy for that one. Apparently. <laughs> 
this has gone very well. <laughs> um, should, should we wrap up before um, something illegal happens? <laughs> I'm going to leave an awkward silence to everyone. Right. Um, I have been Fireball. I've been the Orbiter. I've been Simon. I've been a pain in the ass. Um, yeah, I suppose. <laughs> this has been uh, episode 39? 39 yeah, apparently. children. It's, it's not really been about children, has it? It's been about, I mean, just basically I think I think we're into the post-credits bit now. It's sort of about parenting, isn't it? I is mean, that not another episode. Everything you do is about parenting, basically. If you're talking to me, isn't it? So we can spin well, this. Maybe in anything. your mind, some of the things I was doing last week might not have been okay. about parenting. I don't want to know. No, you're not going to. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow, um, yeah, we already did the closer, didn't we? Yeah. Um, thank Who's you. Outtakes? Thank you very much. Thank you very much for your contributions. And uh, what's the next episode about? You're very welcome. Uh, art, I believe. Mm. Scraping the barrel now. No. We've done all. The, we've done all the big guns, haven't we? We've done gender. We've done sex. We've done war. We've done. Well, there's still quite a few big guns left. Okay. Art. One of the, uh, one of the. Let's not start on that now. Next ones, I think, is culture and journalism. So they're pretty big. Okay. So we still got that's, that. That's pretty deep. Yeah, and art, art's pretty deep itself. It's just just because you're not particularly artistic. Well, apparently, apparently, this is what, <laughs> what we're doing now is art. Apparently, is it? Apparently, it, wow. Okay, it's 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 um it's expression, isn't it? Yeah. All of us, all of us here now, do a, at least a podcast. So therefore, that is a way of it's of expression. I feel like we're invading the next episode, but you could shit on a canvas and call it art. We're modern art. People have. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's leave that for the next episode. Well, the point is you're making a comment on what's considered art. Look, you've started the next episode. <laughs> Whatever. So. Anyway. Right. Shall I end the call then? Yes. Yeah. Thank you very much for your contributions. <laughs> and, uh, pleasure to see you all. Hope, Thank you very yeah. much. Hopefully there will be more at some point. Definitely. Bye. 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 That was awkward. <laughs> We're still on mic. Yeah, but not on Skype. They won't hear that till they're No. <laughs> Do you know what though? I was what I was looking forward to, and they fucked it. I was thinking that they would be on audio and we would be on camera. So I was thinking oh, you wanted to flip them off. <laughs> I was thinking we could um, without them knowing, but it's too late now. Call recorder is having a problem recording this call. Well, of course it is. It's finished. <laughs> This podcast is part of the After Dark Podcast Network.